Welcome to the Water Cooler, everybody. Glad you're with us. I'm David Brody. It is Thursday, January 7, 2021. Look, I want to start with the truth. All right, we tell you all the time on our show that we're going to bring you the truth, whether you like it or not. Well, today the truth is this. It's done. It's, it's over. The Trump presidency will end on January 20th. And furthermore, as I take a deep breath, everything is unraveling. Uh, if you're a Trump supporter, you can take out your frustration on these people, these punks, these criminals. Uh, I have a, a few other words that I can't say on national television. Anyhow, when they stormed the Capitol, it was over. These specific people delivered the L for MAGA Nation. In one action, they managed to screw up everything. In short, these losers ruined the chance for MAGA Nation to make their case heard loud and clear. Instead, it all got drowned out. They wanted to sow division and chaos. Instead, you know what? They actually united both parties, at least temporarily, all right? Most of the Republicans who are going to object to the certification of Joe Biden as president quickly dropped those requests. Forget winning re-election for President Trump, right? Now there are calls for the president's impeachment, believe it or not, and talk of removing him from office via the 25th Amendment. And by the way, not only from Democrats, there are also a few Republicans in there as well, all of because of what, have, what happened yesterday. Meanwhile, here's the reality. Here's the truth. Joe Biden, Kamala Harris are going to be president and vice president on January 20th. You have Vice President Pence bringing the Senate back in order for the people's business of officially certifying president-elect Joe Biden. And you have Trump-supporting senators like Lindsey Graham now calling Biden a legitimate president. And guess what? Again, you can blame the Capitol Hill. Let me say it louder. Can I say it louder? Punks for the sudden reversal. So what are we to make of the GOP? A day of reckoning here for the Republican Party. What is the party's future? Hey, and also, what is the future of President Donald Trump and MAGA Nation? Those are some of the key questions moving forward. Joining me now to at least begin to get some answers is someone who knows the president very well, Corey Lewandowski, a senior advisor to the president's re-election campaign. Corey, hey, thanks for being here. I appreciate you, sir. You know, thank you for having me, David. Well, look, uh, you, have you communicated at all with the president at all since this uh, chaos unfolded? What's, what's your sense of what's happening here? Well, look, I don't want to divulge any private conversations, but I think I can speak for everybody. Uh, nobody wants to see violence. Yeah. Uh, it's not acceptable in any capacity, not on the right and definitely not on the left and not in the middle anywhere else. And what we saw yesterday uh, was shameful. What we saw were people who decided they want to take the law into their own hands and someone was killed because of it. We're better than that as a nation. We're better than that as a country. We're better than that as a Republican Party. And it's not something the president supports, condones, or would ever want to see have happen. What's your sense of his mood right now? I don't want to listen to media reports. You know him well. Uh, I'm assuming you've communicated with him, though. You, you won't obviously want to revolt, uh, divulge some of that. But what, what's your sense of his mood right now? Look, I think the president right now is under the realization, uh, probably for the very first time, that in a very short period of time, he will no longer be the president of the United States. And this president fought till the very end. And I don't mean that in the physical sense of fighting, but I mean that in the way of trying to exhaust every option possible to allow him to stay in office, whether it was through the electoral process or potentially changing the outcome in Congress. And he did everything he could, but he is now resolved to the fact that in, in about two weeks, uh, he'll be a private citizen and a former president of the United States. Corey, you're a straight shooter. I got to ask you straight up about the whole Mike Pence thing. I mean, I got to tell you, I know we're live on national television, but I would say this to you off camera, on camera. I'm not sure what he did to, to, uh, to, to Pence there. That put him in a very tough spot. I mean, he's like a, he, he's like a public enemy number one in MAGA Nation. I'm not sure if that's fair to the vice president. Your, your take on that? 
Well, I know Mike Pence. I know he's a he's a he's a godly man and he's a good man. And, you know, he was put in a very difficult position, a position that, you know, he believed that the Constitution didn't allow him to change it. And, and you know, David, here's the truth. The yeah. truth was there was not one state in the country that sent multiple slates of delegates to the Electoral College. Now, there was a lot of talk that that was the case, but it never actually happened. So when it, when you sat down and looked at this, Mike Pence really had no authority other than to accept what was sent to him by those states. If six states would have recognized both Republican delegates and Democrat delegates, Mike Pence would have been in a very different position yesterday or today. But that's not what the states did. There was no state in the country, let me repeat that, no state in the country that certified and sent multiple sets of delegates for Mike Pence to even consider. Mike Pence had the opportunity to get what the state legislature sent the delegates that he sent, and accept those results because we don't have a federal election. We have elections in all 50 states and the District of Columbia, but there is no federal election. And so Mike Pence was stuck with uh, what the state sent him, and there was really not much more he could do. Yeah. Hey, I want to play, speaking of Mike Pence, I want to play uh, some of him from uh, late last night and early morning uh, in terms of how this went down. Here, here are some of that, Corey. The whole number of electors appointed to vote for President of the United States is 538. Within that whole number, a majority is 270. The votes for President of the United States are as follows. Joseph R. Biden, Jr. of the state of Delaware has received 306 votes. Donald J. Trump of the state of Florida has received 232 votes. Tough pill to swallow, Corey, obviously. Hey, uh, there, there's talk about 25th Amendment, the President Trump. Uh, they want to impeach him with 13 days left. What do you make of all that talk? You know, look, I think that's just uh, a lot of hyperbole right now. The truth is the President of the United States, Donald John Trump, was duly elected by the people. Uh, they're not going to remove him. It doesn't make any sense to put our country through that or even really talk about it with 12 days to go. You know what's going to happen on January 20th? Joe Biden is going to be sworn in as the 46th President of the United States, and Donald Trump is going to leave. And that's how our system works, and that's exactly what I expect to have happen. Yeah. So, Corey, what happens uh, going forward for machinations specifically? I mean, wh where where is the Republican Party? What's the you know, I don't even want to say a day of reckoning is on the horizon. It's here. I mean, it's here. What happens to the Republican Party? What happens to machinations? What happens to Donald Trump? Uh, th th this is not the way I think a lot of people wanted it to end. Yeah, I, I agree with you, David. Look, here's what I think happens. I think we start looking at who the next candidates are going to be, where our next leaders are going to come from. Are those going to be governors who've governed their state in a way that allows small businesses and big businesses alike to continue to stay open in the world of COVID? Are we going to be looking at United States senators who are either up for re-election or thinking about running for president? But we have to hold our uh, elected officials accountable. And the one thing, the one thing that Donald Trump has taught the Republican Party, and maybe it's a tough time to say, but it's how to fight, how to stand up and how to push back against the media that's been very dishonest uh, about him for the last four years, really never recognized his accomplishments. And so, look, I think that a number of people who uh, are in elective office will run for president. It's gonna be our opportunity and our obligation to vet those people. But what we wanna have is we wanna have a strong leader. The Republican party has really become the party of the people. And you look at what Donald Trump was able to achieve in the 2020 election with his rise in African-American vote support, when you look at what he's been able to achieve uh, just for our country, making it stronger, giving people more money. You know, I think the, the foundation is there. Maybe people don't like the way the president talks sometimes. They don't like his rhetoric. They don't like his style. 
but it's hard to argue with his results of what he's been able to achieve in a very short window. So we're going to be looking forward. I think Donald Trump is going to remain active. He's got $250 million in a campaign war chest. Uh, he's going to be engaged in races. I'm certain of it in 2022. So the MAGA movement isn't going anywhere. And, you know, David, I came out of the Tea Party movement like so many others. Uh, there are ebbs and flows in politics. And what we have seen of both Republicans and Democrats is that when one party controls the White House, the House of Representatives and the U.S. Senate, that party has overstepped their bounds. We saw it in the first two years of Barack Obama's administration, and they were thrown out. And we saw it in the first two years of the Trump administration, where uh, they lost the House of Representatives after. I think you'll see it again. I think you'll see the Democrats push a far left agenda, and it will be uh, pushed back on in 2022. Corey, I've got to ask you about the president and his chances of, of potentially running. I know it's early in 2024, but this is not, this, I mean, right now, obviously, no, no one's talking about that. But the truth of the matter is, that's going to be tough. You talked about other elected officials. Could you see the president running again after this? Look, I think it's all going to depend on his health. You know, he's 74 years old. Is he going to want to go and do this again in four years? Uh, also, what is he doing at the time? Is he finding, you know, some excitement in something else that he's doing? I'm not sure. But what I do know is one thing. Um, he's going to have a huge influence on candidates going forward, both in 2022 and in 2024, not just because of the size of his war chest, but also because of his ability to endorse in races and the MAGA nation follows him. And we've seen in the 2020 cycle, I think the president was 85 and one in endorsements in Republican Party politics and uh, in the primaries. And so I think you're going to see him still actively engaged and still talking to the people of this country on a regular basis. Were you disappointed, as we wrap up here, Corey, were you disappointed in people like Lindsey Graham and others? I mean, Lindsey Graham came on, that went on the Senate floor last night and said, okay, Joe Biden's a legitimate president. And by the way, all of these Republican senators who were going to object to the certification all of a sudden said, you know what, after what happened to the Capitol, we're done. I mean, do you understand that or do you feel like they just kind of jumped ship there? Well, look, I had a long conversation with U.S. Senator Mike Lee from Utah, and he explained to me what the Constitution says. And I think a lot of times people don't read the Constitution and what the Senate's obligation is under that Constitution. And what Mike Lee said, and he was crystal clear, was if two sets of delegates had been sent by a state, then you have something to protest. But, you know, with all due respect to Senator Cruz, you know, where have they been for the last two months when they could have been looking at the integrity of the election cycle uh, in 2020 to set up this commission, not waiting till yesterday to do this? And so that's not negative against Senator Cruz. I'm glad someone was talking about it, but I'm not surprised. And look, Joe Biden is now the president-elect of the United States. Everybody knows that. Yeah. And Joe Biden is sworn in as the president uh, in just a couple of weeks. Corey, 15 seconds or so, we're getting reports that Mike Pence will attend uh, the inauguration. Do you expect Donald Trump, I got 15 seconds or so, do you expect Donald Trump to attend the inauguration? What's your sense? You know, I don't know. I think for the good of the country, he should be there, I think, to transition from one administration to the next. He should. It's been a historical precedent to do that. So I would like to see him there, but I can't speak for Donald Trump on that. Corey Lewandowski, always great to see you, sir. Thanks so much. Really appreciate Thank you. you. All right. Corey Lewandowski, by the way, uh, at the uh, Republican meetings in Florida, uh, Mike Pence was supposed to be there. He's not there now, uh, so there's all of that going on. We've got a lot more to cover in the show. Next, Stephanie Rawlings-Blake, the former uh, mayor of Baltimore, has a few things to say about what happened at the Capitol. Back in a moment. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, 
where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Today was a dark day in the history of the United States Capitol. To those who wreaked havoc in our Capitol today, you did not win. Violence never wins. Freedom wins. And this is still the people's house. Amen and a woman uh, to that. All right. Uh, sorry, I had to get it in. I still can't get over that. Um, let's bring in Stephanie Rawlings-Blake, uh, former city, uh, former mayor of Baltimore, uh, who's a friend of the show. Uh, Stephanie, always great to uh, see you. Thanks for coming back on. My pleasure to be here. Well, uh, just let's start with your overall impressions of uh, yesterday. Uh, obviously, use the verb you want or the noun you want or, or the adjective, but horrific. And just go from there, Stephanie. What, what, what's your take? I think shameful uh, really comes to mind. Um, yeah, it, it, it pained me on election night uh, four years ago uh, when um, Donald Trump was elected because I knew what that meant as far as having my daughter, who's now 17, growing up with uh, someone with his character in the White House and the worst of, uh, you know, worse than anything I could have predicted happened uh, yesterday. Um, it was tre uh, treasonous um, at the least and definitely shameful. When you say treasonous, why, why do you say that? Just so I understand what you're saying. So when you actively uh, fight against our country, um, you are committing treason. And the um, the, the president uh, encouraged people to um, incite violence. He to, he encouraged people to to violence. He encouraged people to storm the Capitol, and they did it. And that is, as you said, the people's house the house that he has sworn to protect, the, the laws that he has sworn to uphold, and he's encouraged his supporters to do just the opposite, the Mr. Law and Order president, the Mr. Protect Our Federal Buildings at All Costs president, encouraged his supporters to destroy the the, uh, the Capitol, and they did. Just want to be clear, uh, he did say to March, yesterday in that march, he said, now we're going to march to the Capitol peacefully, and patriotically, I, I'm just quoting you his words. I mean, there were others on stage who were a little bit more vitriolic than that, but he did say uh, peacefully. Go ahead. Yeah, so I appreciate you quoting those particular words. Mm -hmm. Those particular words don't match up with all of the things that he said leading up to that day. Fair point. So to say peaceful, you know, to, to patriotically and peacefully, when really he has... Um, created a new definition of patriotism, which is Trumpism. So to be a, a patriot in his, the code that he used from that stage was to say, um, you have to have my back. You have to go and, and, and stop the steal, prevent uh, the, the, mm -hmm. the, the free and fair election from um, becoming realized. I've got to ask you, and we have pictures up. I want to put those pictures back up of the Trump supporters, not not the crazy lunatic uh, uh, punks uh, who, who are in the Capitol. I'm talking about the actual Trump supporters, uh, tens of thousands who did not storm the Capitol, who were out there to sh protest and all of that. Well, can, can you, Stephanie, make the delineation between what happened in the Capitol with uh, the, the crazies, the fringe, and the 
folks that were there uh, that were just suburban moms and suburban dads that didn't want a piece of tearing down the Capitol, that just wanted to go out and peacefully protest. Do, are you going to try to lump them all? I'm not saying you're going to do this, but you're not going to lump them all together, right? I, I think the... Um the, the the division um, or the separation that you're making is without a difference. Um, I do not, uh, whether I'm lumping them together or not is, um, is, is irrelevant. Uh, I think uh, we should look at what happened yesterday with the same lens uh, that you and many others in uh, conservative media look at the protests that happened in, in June and the, the, uh, the, the protests against uh, police violence, the protests for justice. There, there is very little delineation between uh, the the yeah. thousands that care for uh, that that came for peaceful protest mm -hmm. and the small numbers that um, you know participated in the riot but, but, and the, the looting. Yeah, but Stephanie, I mean, there's a big difference between storming the Capitol and standing outside and holding a sign. Big difference. And and. There's a big difference when it's the Black Lives Matter too, uh, but the 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 challenge is when when looters have when looting happened. Uh, not only were the the Black Lives Matter people lumped in with the few looters, uh, but then uh, many in conservative media uh, blamed uh, Biden for not um, right. forcefully coming stand and stepping and stepping up and saying that. It is uh, anti-American to to loot and destroy. So I think it's it is um, you know it's it's interesting to tr want to have it both ways, right? Sure, now. sure. And in terms of the hypocrisy, I mean, let's talk about Portland and Seattle and uh, some of the the anarchists. I'm not going to say Antifa because that's a buzzword now, and everybody gets drawn into that. For, forget that. Just these were leftist anarchists. Uh, that were out in Portland and Seattle, and they were rioting against police, and, and we know everything else that way. They were tearing down statues in, in certain cities, including Baltimore. Uh, so, and, and for a week, Democrats had a chance at their convention to say stuff about this that was going on in real time and said nothing. And now they're saying all this about the Trump supporters, which, by the way, they should be saying something about what happened yesterday, but they should have also been saying something about what happened over the summer. Yeah, and, and and I appreciate uh, your your interest in trying to make this about what the Democrats didn't do. I'm just trying to um, say I that. I, I was just saying it's hypocrisy, I, a little I, I hypocrisy. Get it. I, yeah. I get it. Um, the the challenge that you and many who have tried to turn this on what the Democrats didn't do have is whatever happened in Portland or any other city. Um, what happened at the Capitol yesterday is a stain on our country that we will live with for generations. Our, our capital has not been breached since the Revolutionary War, right? Or the war of what, the, the 18, uh, the, the, the second um, war of independence. Yeah. And to have it done in such a way, to have it done encouraged by our president, uh, I think it, it, it is understandable that many are trying to equivocate that to you know what the or, or to try to deflect to democrats you know well the, Dem yeah, the well. democrats should have been condemned but you have to own what happened yesterday and yeah, and, sure. and and why it happened and in whose name it happened no i, I hear you, you got to own it for sure and i think look mark levin and many of these other folks are out there owning it saying you know what in the world were you doing you, you bunch of punks they, they're owning it but, but they also want something on the other side. Uh, but we'll talk about that at some point later. Stephanie, great to see you. Really appreciate you. Always. Thank All right, you. Uh, back in a moment with uh, a lot more show.
CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Yeah, boy, I tell you what, uh, what what a, uh, okay, look, the rally was great. The march we know about and the aftermath. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be straight up. Uh, what a disaster! Uh, not not the actual march down to the Capitol. That was all fine. But you know the deal. Enter the Capitol. You just can't do that. Just can't do that. All right. Let's uh, let's bring in uh, Pastor Brian Gibson, uh, who has been, who was at the uh, rally yesterday and the march. Yes, sir. All that you were in the thick of it. Uh, Pastor Gibson, good to see you, sir. Hey, it's good to see you again. It, yeah. It's an honor to be here with you. Today. Well, well, tell me your experience yesterday. What did you see? What did you observe? You spoke, and but yes. then there was more after that. Tell me about the the speech and then. Well, I spoke on the 5th, and so we organized. I've been on the Trump march for, I don't know, four out of the last five weeks. So 16, 17 states, uh, sea to to shining sea. Mm -hmm. And uh, so on the 5th, uh, I helped organize with a couple other people uh, a Freedom Rally Plaza where we prayed for the future of America. We prayed for the president. We prayed for um, all of the things that would happen on the 6th. Mm -hmm. Also preached the gospel out there and saw... I don't know. You know, it's hard to count the crowd. If you're a pastor, it's a certain number of evangelists. It's a larger number. If you're a politician, it's a massive number. So uh, I would say there was maybe 8,000 people out there at that time. Uh, That's before the 6th. And we preached, and and, uh, a half to two-thirds of the crowd responded to the gospel. Mm. And so it was a great win for me as a pastor. So then you fast forward to the next day, right? Uh, The morning, um, it was a, a typical speech from President Trump. There are a few things in there about v, the VP, Pence, yeah. that kind of was a signal to us all. Yeah. So then we take off, we're marching to the Capitol. I stopped, my feet were freezing, uh, and I was changing shoes and taking a time out. And they called me and they said, hey, they've uh, they breached the Capitol, you know, doors. Mm-hmm. And I said, you gotta, you gotta be kidding me, what, what's going on? So I put my clothes on and I, head, I headed up there. Uh, because here's the deal, whenever bad things are going on in America, I believe that pastors cannot stay in the safety of their pulpits mm. or in their rooms, that we get out where the drama and the trauma is. Mm. So uh, I spent six days ministering in CHOP. I, uh, I preached here in the uh, Black Lives Matter rallies yep. when they first opened up. Breonna Taylor riots in um, in um, Louisville, Kentucky. Yep. Yep. I've been in it all. So if it gets bad, I want to be there because I believe a person of, of peace yeah. brings peace to the situation. Uh, let's roll some of that, uh, Madison Parker. If we can roll some of that video of uh, what happened, all the melee at the Capitol and everything, all the all the craziness yes, of, of yesterday, uh, because I want you to talk about some of this and what specifically um, you you believe as it relates to Christians. There, we saw some Jesus 2020 banners. Sure. I mean, it's like. Like most of the folks actually there were, were just fine, peaceful, loving folks. But, you know, a couple thousand or whatever it was, they just ruined it for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. They ruined it. Yeah, it, it was. I mean, if you think about it, I don't know how many people were there. Uh, you have an estimate, David? I, I don't no, know. No, I don't. It's tens, I can't of, count tens and tens of thousands. Yeah, I, I, would mean, say, I would say larger than that. It probably was. I don't know. I've never seen a crowd that large in America. Sure. Um, so you got to think of how many people were there. And just like you said, 
What a small fraction. Yeah, less than 1%, whatever it is. So, yeah, yeah. You roll in the footage? Yeah, yeah. Well, we will. We'll we'll roll it throughout. But I do want to play. Okay, what were you going to say? Oh, well, I was was just going to say, I've been traveling. What we've been trying to do Mm -hmm. with the Trump march is is Americans are frustrated, Mm -hmm. right? Conservatives are frustrated. They believe the election's been stolen from them. Uh, I'm in agreement with that. I believe the election's been stolen from them. And so they want at least a thorough obvious investigation where they can see whether it was or not. So we've been traveling the country trying to give people a voice and and trying to, uh, you could feel a boiling point coming. I would say that. And that's what happened. And you could feel it coming. I mean, here it comes. Mm -hmm. And so whenever people think there's no due process, Mm -hmm. they think their elected officials have let them down, Mm -hmm. um, it pushes them. I'm not excusing their behavior, right? But I think the setup's there for yeah, this kind of behavior. For sure. Uh, listen, be, while I have you here, I want to ask you a little bit about what you've been talking and preaching about on, sure. on the road. Because you, you really hit the COVID, religious liberty, uh, churches, you know, uh, issue really hard. So I want to play a little bit of that for yes, you. This is, this is you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, we need a brand new group of black robe preachers in America that won't be afraid, that won't back down, that won't shut up, that won't lay down, come on somebody, that'll lead the Christian army to our rightful birthright in this country. So, uh, Pastor Gibson, we want to get to you here in a moment, uh, but once again, to explain what that video was, that was Pastor Gibson actually going around the country uh, and talking about COVID and churches and religious liberty and the fact that churches have to stand up uh, and, and Christians and folks in the pulpit have to stand up. And I, and I think it's a, it's, it's, a, it's a good point, and we're going to bring the pastor back here in just one moment, have a little bit of a technical delay. Uh, but the bottom line is, is that we've been seeing this a lot in California uh, and all across the country. As a matter of fact, there are lawsuits everywhere. So let's talk, have a talk about that. Yeah, speaking of California, mm-hmm. just on the 5th, I had Pastor Che on spoke with me at this rally, mm-hmm. and people may not know who he is, but he pastors in Pasadena, mm-hmm. has been there for 30 years. Uh, Pastor Che was looking at one year in jail for opening up his church, hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of fines. And you got to ask yourself, are we living in the United States of America, or are we living in communist China? Mm-hmm. Is this Iran? Is this Saudi Arabia? And so that really lit a spark in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, my own church that, that I pastor, the, the one I get to be a part of, was targeted. The, uh, the governor of Kentucky, mm-hmm. is very, uh, his rhetoric is very anti-church. Mm-hmm. Um, he spoke about us like we are the problem, we're the super spreader. You know, because people don't get COVID in Walmart. Uh, they don't right. get COVID in any of these other places. No, just a church. It's a very religious, very religious yeah, uh, that's what I've heard. virus. You know, it, it targets churches and synagogues. So they shut down an Easter egg giveaway we were doing. Uh, and it was a drive-thru giveaway. And, and they said the, that they would come with the health department and close our church. Mm-hmm. And so my people had to watch that day while the uh, coffee shops did business, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, McDonald's and the fast food joints did business. Liquor stores did business. But no, you can't give a kid an egg in the name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And a fuse blew on the inside of me, and I don't think there's a replacement for it. Because if we don't do something about preserving the First Amendment, Mm -hmm. you knock the First Amendment down, the freedom of liberty down, Mm -hmm. all of our other constitutional protections fall after that. That's right. So we've traveled the country. I've I've flown, I don't know how many miles this year, opening up churches. And I thank God for all the patriot pastors that stood up for the first with us. Well, I appreciate you. And and, and it's a new black robe regiment that is needed in this country right now. 
Pastor Brian Gibson, great to see you, sir. Hey, it's great to see you, sir. Nice to see you in person, by the way. It's an honor. It's all right. Honor. I hope you're getting you know. a lot of frequent flyer miles, by yeah, the way. Yes, sir. We're getting all a lot right. of Just double-checking that. All right. All right. When we come back, uh, Twitter is at it again. Facebook's at it again. Instagram at it again. You want to check out uh, President Trump on any of those platforms? Yeah, not happening. Uh, they are censoring the President of the United States and a few other folks. We're going to talk about it when we come back. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Uh, look, uh, yesterday when we went on the air, uh, it was all happening, right? We had some video to show you. As you might imagine, since then, the storming of the Capitol, there's been a lot, a lot more images, and we want to get to some of them and show you a little bit about the terror. Let's be honest, that's what it was, terror that uh, seized the Capitol yesterday. Have a look. We have Jeff. Shameful. No excuses. Full stop. And by the way, anybody that wants to offer some sort of caveat or an excuse or FYI, you know what? Stop. Uh, I don't want to hear it. By the way, I should point out uh, on Twitter uh, today, I said that if you believe any of those folks that you saw out there, I'm talking about inside the Capitol fighting police. Uh, and storming the Capitol. If you believe any of them uh, are patriots, then please unfollow me. Guess what? 500 people unfollowed me today. And guess what? That is the best news I've had all day. All right. Jeff Brain joins us now from CloudHub. So much censorship going on on Twitter. I mean, if you want to hear from the president of the United States on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter now, it's not there. Uh, what's going on, Jeff? Well, you know, big tech has reached a new low. On one of the most important nights, in Americans' political history, big tech social media ramped up its censorship campaign, completely deleting the president's Trump, President Trump's tweet calling for peace. You know, contrary to Twitter's disclaimers, president was encouraging protesters to go home and be peaceful and respect law enforcement. Well, or see the criminalization ahead, of free speech, which is a grave threat to our democratic republic. Yeah, I mean, it's just been really uh, tough to watch. Where does CloudHub come in in terms of I call it an alternative, but I feel like it's this is the way it needs to kind of progress. Tell me a little bit about 
Cloud Hub and what you're doing compared to what Twitter and, 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 other, and Facebook and others are doing? Well, first of all, we believe voters should have a right to freely interact with the president and voice their concerns about the integrity of the political system. Plus, the American people deserve to hear from the presidents. So unlike mainstream social media, CloudHub believes that people need to hear from their president, and that is why we have decided to repost the president's video address on our platform without any restrictions. Additionally, CloudHub is formally extending an invitation to the president to join our social network. CloudHub is a bit of a different kind of platform, though. It's, it's more than just posting. It's about doing, and we encourage people to connect, collaborate, and positively impact the issues that affect their lives, their communities, and our country. Jeff, what do you do here as it relates to free speech? In other words, I mean, look, you, you don't want to take away, obviously, free speech at the same time. Uh, what do you do with people that are, let's be honest, kind of crazy out there that are, that are potentially inciting violence, saying some crazy stuff? And I don't just mean crazy opinions. I mean, literally inciting I mean, violence. What, what do you do in those situations? What are the standards there? Well, certainly we do not allow you to uh, incite violence against anybody or any property on CloudHub. Uh, we have very uh, reasonable restrictions and, and we want to encourage civil discourse. We believe people need to come together, both sides. You know, we, we've been very polarized for a number of years. People need to come together, start to find common ground, start solving the problems that affect our lives in our communities and our country. And that's what we're doing. And, and to do that, you, you really have to have some civil discourse, um, and that's what we have on CloudHub. Uh, people are encouraged to be positively interact with each other. Not, we don't allow doxing of people, threats of violence, or threats against property. Jeff, what do you believe is the future of big tech as it relates to uh, censorship, especially of conservatives? I mean, how bad can this get? It's already bad. I mean, it's horrible. Where's this going exactly? Well, I believe it's actually gonna get worse now uh, with the change of administrations. Uh, and I think you'll also see Twitter after the election, and the, assuming the president, Trump is no longer president, and he leaves, I, I think Twitter is going to be gone. Uh, it's already pretty much a failed uh, platform. It's only grown to 300 million people and it's been stuck there while the other platforms have grown beyond that. But I think people are seeing more and more alternatives like CloudHub, and that's what we need. We need to encourage alternatives that, you know, with CloudHub, it's not just free speech. We protect your privacy. We don't get into your phone. We don't track where you're going. And that's what people want. We also know that social media is very unhealthy for people. And we uh, used a neuroscience consultant to make our platform healthy for people to use. So we're, we're addressing all the issues, the free speech, the privacy, you know, bringing people together and giving them the tools they need to yeah. actually you know, socialize and impact issues they care about. Less than a minute left, but when you say it's gonna be worse under a Biden administration, how so? What, what do you think could happen? Well, I think that uh, the the censorship we saw leading up to the campaign was was really in favor of, of uh, Joe Biden, right? So you have to assume that that's not going to stop afterwards. In fact, there probably will be less uh, uh, leaning against that censorship. And so uh, we're preparing ourselves for that. You know, it's not only individuals get plat uh, censored, it's it's platforms that actually get attacked too. Jeff, Jeff Rain, really appreciate your time. Thanks for the insight. Really hope to get you back on the program soon. Thank you for having me.
All right, uh, Jeff Breen, uh, talking about big tech. And we, I wish we had the censored sign. Madison, we don't have the censored sign. We could have just, I mean, what were we thinking? Uh, but anyhow, we would have gone censored. We, we do that on the show. Anyhow, I can't, can't really visualize it. All right, uh, when we come back, the only Republican, well, I shouldn't say the only Republican, one of the main Republicans actually calling for the 25th Amendment to be invoked against President Trump. In other words, they want him out of office. We'll explain all of it when we come back. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to the uh, water cooler. Time for the last sip. Uh, Look, uh, Congressman Adam Kinzinger, he's a Republican from Illinois. He wants Donald Trump to be removed from office, invoking the 25th Amendment. He wants Mike Pence to invoke the 25th Amendment. You need eight cabinet officials to do it. Here's what he said. Have a look. Yesterday was a sad day, as we all know. It was the day where fire stoked by the president and other leaders finally leapt out of the pit and it lit the trees. Thankfully, the strength of our Constitution and democracy held, and we emerged today a little battered, but resolved. What happened yesterday is a wake-up call to many, but it's a call to accountability for others. In the past few presidencies, the administrations have been so concerned about even a moment of weakness that the 25th Amendment was invoked during minor surgeries, passing the duties to the vice president while the president was under anesthesia, because even for that moment to have the captain of the ship absent could cause a major catastrophe. Sadly, yesterday it became evident that not only has the president abdicated his duty to protect the American people and the people's house, he invoked and inflamed passions that only gave fuel to the insurrection that we saw here. When pressed to move and denounce the violence, he barely did so, while of course victimizing himself and seeming to give a wink and a nod to those doing it. All indications are that the president has become unmoored, not just from his duty, nor even his oath, but from reality itself. It is for this reason that I call for the vice president and members of the cabinet to ensure the next few weeks are safe for the American people and that we have a sane captain in the ship. Section 4 of the 25th Amendment allows a majority of the cabinet and the vice president to assume the duties of the office of presidency until the president is able to himself. It's time to invoke the 25th Amendment and to end this nightmare. We will arise from this, but we cannot forget what led us here. The liars and conspiracy authors are already at it again this morning with false narratives about yesterday's disaster. Here's the truth. The president caused this. The president is unfit and the president is unwell. And the president must now relinquish control of the executive branch voluntarily or involuntarily. God bless you, and God bless our enduring democracy. Zero. Zero percent chance that the 25th Amendment is invoked. Mike Pence ain't a flamethrower, folks. He's not going to go along with this, and he would have to go along with it for it to happen. Back in a moment. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? 
Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome back to the Water Cooler, everybody. Hey, just in the last segment, remember when I said uh, that there was zero chance of the, of the, of the 25th Amendment uh, being invoked? Okay, I went like this. I'm like zero, but I didn't mean... Okay, people might think this is like a Proud Boys symbol. It's not anything like that. I just meant to do... I can't even do it. Is that a zero? What am I doing? So, Sophie, let's bring Sophie in. I'm here. What am I, what am I doing? Can I just, just the zero. I don't, you didn't do anything wrong. It's okay. It just meant zero. Zero. zero I, listen, I agree. Zero percent chance of the 25th Amendment being invoked. Thank you. Well, uh, never mind. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so tell me, because there's a lot of uh, people that have uh, decided yeah. to hang it up here in the yes. last few days of the Trump administration. Yeah, so it's not 25th Amendment, but enough people in the current administration were disturbed enough by the events of yesterday mm-hmm. and the internal reactions to them that they have decided to, as you say, hang up their coats and leave the administration with just 13 days left until Joe Biden takes office. So mm-hmm. really... These are symbolic gestures almost exclusively. Yeah, uh, we have a list right now. Yeah. Um, the the First Lady's chief of staff has departed. Uh, Mick Mulvaney said that he's hanging up his uh, coat, um, as well as uh, Elaine Chao, who was mm-hmm. the Secretary of Transportation, and significantly Mitch McConnell's wife. Yeah. So you don't really need to bring the spouses into it, but it is sort of just interesting to note that the um, you know Senate Majority Leader's wife was saying that the president's actions yesterday disturbed her enough to... Uh, quit her position. She did say that she will, of course, help Pete Buttigieg uh, transition into the role with his new staff. And she's also her last day is, you know, January the 11th, as opposed to January the 20th. Right. So I think what we need to ask is really, what what is the symbolic gesture that these people are trying to make? I mean, mm-hmm. clearly, clearly, they're saying we don't appreciate, you know, what happened in the nation's capital yesterday, mm-hmm. and maybe the president's rhetoric around it, and maybe the way that he's treated some of his staffers. Um, of course, we as the public have not a ton of clarity on the exact metrics of what's going on. But, um, you know, there's also the question of this is this is not just the president's party. This is not mm-hmm. just the president's administration. This is a Republican administration that is supposed to be serving the people of the United States. So mm-hmm. I think you have to ask, you know, sort of what good they're doing by saying that they're bowing out just in time for the peaceful transition. You know, yeah. the president, when he is at his worst, in their opinion, saying, no, we're not going to try to talk him off the ledge. We're going to let him fly free because we want to salvage our names, which honestly, they won't be well, salvaged at this point. They, they don't want any part of, of what happened, number one. Right. They don't want to be tied to it. Number two, I think it's an anti-legacy thing. In other mm-hmm. words, you know what? We're going to pile on. This is If this is Donald Trump's legacy at the end of the day, uh, they're going to say, you know what? Well, also resignations too. You know, in other words, bl- they're going to blow the whole thing up at this yeah. point. Anyhow, good to see you, Sophie. Good to see you. All right. Uh, tomorrow on the show, Attorney General Ken Paxson, Texas Attorney General Ken Paxson. Until then, goodbye. I just, I don't want to do any signs anymore. Goodbye. Goodbye.